0: Hey, good morning this morning. It is a beautiful Monday, and what a week we are headed for, particularly in college hoops. But before we get to that, I got stuff to say. Look, I cannot believe what I'm reading this morning. And I'll get into are we supposed to now care about the mental health of athletes, professional athletes, multi million dollar athletes? Mike Florio thinks we should, and I don't know why. I mean, Mike Florio was a guy that kills people, and all of a sudden, Uh, we're supposed to care about it, but I'll get to that one crap game. Look, here's the deal. Um, my man, my man, Nick Sirianni, who I don't know. I don't really want to know. I don't want to know anybody. I just like watching this team play. He escaped all of the awfulness that is the beloved Indianapolis Colts. He escaped it. He got out. He escaped. Don't pay the ransom, honey. I've escaped. So Nick Sirianni, who had the worst press conference ever upon introduction and was made fun of by everybody in the media, ends up now in the Super Bowl. Good for Nick Sirianni, better for Jalen Hurts. Look, I don't care who they had to play. I don't care that they had to play Josh Johnson, who's as old as me. Brock Purdy knocked out of the game early. We all know what's happened with Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Uh, But I got to tell you, I don't care. The bottom line is nobody remembers these things (laughs) until when? Until they don't. Nobody. A year ago. Let me ask you a question. A year ago, who was in the Super Bowl and who got hurt for the Chiefs that allowed an easier path for the Bengals? Nobody knows because nobody cares. So now you look at it and you go, well, the easiest route to the Super Bowl, of course, is... The Eagles, they beat a pathetic Giants team, and then they got to play against a four-string quarterback of the 49ers. But here's my thing. Who cares? Don't care. There ain't nothing tainted about nothing. There ain't nothing but, a hey, look, two weeks from yesterday, they, meaning the Eagles, are going to play in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts, how miserable. Let me ask you this. Think back. Think back to national championship game. Tua Tungavailoa, as a freshman, came in and replaced the supposed leader of Alabama, Jalen Hurts. At that moment, this is what I always think of with athletes. This is why I always preach toughness. This is why I always preach sack up. This is why I always preach, don't at me, get off your backside, let's go. At that moment, I want you to think about this. How down was Jalen Hurts? He's being embarrassed on national TV. Hey, look, I didn't care. I didn't know who Tunga Vailoa was. Being embarrassed, that's on you. You'll get over it. Well, guess what? Tua Tunga Vailoa has been a good pro. Tua Tunga Vailoa did what he was asked to do. It was one of the great performances ever. But think about Jalen Hurts for just a second. Just a second. Okay? Jalen Hurts had to sit there and watch this. What did Jalen Hurts do? Did Jalen Hurts sulk? Of course not. This is the value of fathers. Jalen Hurts' father's a coach. Did he sulk? No. What did he do? He got competitive, went to Oklahoma, played great, got into the NFL as a third-round pick, got his chance. And guess what happened? He's in the Super Bowl. See, this is one of the most important lessons that young people can learn. It really is. Shut the hell up. Quit sulking. Don't make it about yourself. Make it about getting better. Make it about your journey. Next thing you know, good things start happening for you. Next thing you know, you're in the damn Super Bowl. No, it's true. That's the way the world works. Instead of listening to people that complain for you, whine for you, worry about your mental health, no, you get off your backside, you sack the living hell up, and you go about the business of achieving your goals. <clears throat> I say it all the time. This is a baby. The doctor smacks the baby on the backside. The baby doesn't. The doctor doesn't tell the baby, hey, look, life's going to be really easy. You're going to have no problems. Just stop it with that. That's why I love the Jalen Hurts story. It's also why I love the Nick Sirianni story with the Eagles. Hey, awful press conference, looked like an idiot, didn't care, went about his business. Went about his business, and now you could argue he's as good a coach as there is in the NFL. Uh, The other game, look, Patrick Mahomes, first and foremost, Tony Romo, get out of my life. Tony Romo, just get out of my life. Awful, screaming, yelling. There's no substance. Like, I like Raftery. Raftery doesn't give you any substance on TV, but at least he's fun to listen to. Romo, no good. Absolutely no good. Uh, horrible. Don't let us listen to Romo anymore. Put him on the 10th game. But I digress. That's just for for the side. All right. So now this is the opposite. Now there is a saying. There is a saying in sports. Bob Knight said it. Stupid loses more than smart wins. It's a pretty good saying. Pretty smart saying. We all appreciate the saying. It's pretty good. Joseph Osat, Joseph Osai, listen to this tweet. Joseph Osai is 22 years old. He made a mistake. I feel awful for him. He will be haunted by this for the rest of his life. He needs support from his teammates and fans. If we care about the mental health of pro athletes, this is a great chance to prove it. Now, this is the same guy, Mike Florio. There it is. This is the same guy, Mike Florio, that absolutely buried Scott Norwood, that has absolutely buried people forever. But all of a sudden now, I'm supposed to care about the mental health of athletes. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. I'm sorry I don't. I got a lot to care about. Hell, I got a lot to care about. I got kids. I worry about them. I got stepkids. I worry about them. Got a wife. Got a mother that's 86 years old. Got a brother. Got a sister. I got a lot to care about. The mental health of millionaire 22-year-olds is not on my radar. Joseph Osai made a dumb play. And I've seen where people say, well, you can't call it. The hell you can. You absolutely should call that. Let me go to calls for just... We're supposed to care about the mental health of athletes. I don't. I know we're supposed to, particularly when it's an African-American athlete. Like, Mike Florio isn't fooling anybody. We know he didn't care about Scott Norwood, white dude. We know that's Florio's M.O., fine. But I don't care about any of them. Hey, look, we all have our things. I think about four games... Every night, damn near. One in high school. Kid missed two free throws. Costs a state championship. What could I have done better? One in college. I turned the ball over against Virginia. Minute 18 to go. Uh, on our way to the uh, NCAA Final Four. Three. Shot against us at Bowling Green. One of my favorite players didn't block out. We were going to the NCAA tournament first time since 1968. Ball was reversed. Kid hits a three, not a three-quarter court shot, but a deep three. And in fourth, a blockout against uh, Penn State. Win the game, we got a chance. We don't block out. Three-point play. I think about it every night, so I get it. But you gotta fight through some tough stuff. Why do you think suicide rates are up? Because we don't fight through tough stuff. Oh, these poor little kids. No, he's a millionaire football player. Seems like a nice kid. I don't care about the mental health. I'll let you care. I got enough stuff in my own brain that I gotta care about instead of worrying about a 22 year old who uh, is a millionaire at 22 playing football. Don't at me with it. But let's go to Burrow. Let's go to Burrow and let's go to Mahomes. Look, a lot's being made of the heroic run by Patrick Mahomes. Just stop it. It's the only thing our media can do. Oh, my God, it's a No, it was a football play. If he couldn't make that run, he shouldn't be out there, if you want to know the truth. If you want to know the truth, that's what Mahomes should do. It's a good run. Idiotic play by Osai. Next thing you know, uh, Bud Kirk kicks the field goal and a win. I got to tell you. Betting against Patrick Mahomes is bad business. Betting against Patrick Mahomes is really, really, really bad business. Don't do it. I did it, don't do it. Yes, I know uh, the idiotic mayor of Cincinnati caught a bunch of hell for being an idiotic mayor. Who's not surprised? That guy reminded me of that other clown, Pete Buttigieg, who by the way, a family member thinks should be president. Pull this, it plays jingle bells. But anyway, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that we have seen in our lifetime. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that I have ever seen. He gets the ball out quick. He gets the ball out slow. He gets the ball out under upside up. He just makes great plays. He's the Steph Curry of football. And if you bet against Patrick Mahomes, your brain is going to explode. Mine did. Look, you can blame the offensive line, Joe Burrow. You can blame anything you want. Or you could say this is why Mahomes won, but Mahomes was down basically to his nubbins in terms of receivers. They had no running game. And somehow, some way, everybody in the building knew when he got the ball back what was going to happen. Sure, he got helped by stupidity by this guy, Osai. Sure, he did. But everybody in the building knew what was going to happen, didn't you? This is the stuff that I like. When people come on shows and they break it down in detail, I, Yeah, I kind of fall asleep. But when Patrick Mahomes got the ball back, you sat there, I sat there, and we went, somehow, someway, this guy is going to score, they're going to win. That, to me, is the sign of a great quarterback. It's how I used to feel about Russell Wilson. It's how I still feel about Aaron Rodgers. I still kind of feel that way, always have about Tom Brady, certainly Peyton Manning. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks that you feel that way. I didn't really feel that way about Burrow yesterday. And maybe it wasn't his fault. Maybe it was his line. Too many third and longs for Burrow. But I got to tell you, with Patrick Mahomes, it's no surprise that somebody on the other team does something dumb to help Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you why it's no surprise. Because Patrick Mahomes doesn't do dumb things. Patrick Mahomes does smart things. And he forces you to do smart things as well, and most people can't. Most people cannot keep on the smart, uh, smart straight and narrow. Most people can't do it. They cannot do it. Most teams, most people will be on the smart straight and narrow, and then next thing you know, they veer off course, have a problem, lose a game. That's exactly what happened yesterday. Exactly. Now, there's a lot of stupid, that went into yesterday, and I applaud all of it. I'm here from all of it. Hey, Dylan, let's show, and I don't get this, maybe it's a joke, I don't know, but can we show the Empire State Building lit up with the colors of the rival? See, this is where the world stinks. New York should never celebrate Philadelphia, and Philadelphia should never celebrate New York. It's idiotic. We need more masculinity. We need more rivals. We need more oomph. Look at this. Let me tell you, you're a Giants fan. You're a Jets fan. You're like, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? See, this is just like um, everybody gets a participation trophy. Uh, If we care about the mental health of Joseph O'Sai, then we'll understand. Now, shut up. I don't care about the mental health of Joseph O'Sai, and I don't care about uh, – I do care that New York has gotten so soft that it's praising Philadelphia. Look, let soft go to Detroit. Detroit's the softest town in America. Yeah, you get shot, but when you deal with Detroit, basketball players or coaches, all they do is cry. Not Isaiah Thomas uh, and those guys. Ah, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, I'm talking about the high school, college coaches, and players. soft as hell. New York, you can't be soft. New York, you're overrated. It's from a college basketball standpoint, you're completely overrated. New York players stink. Everybody gets a New York guard, they think they're getting something. No, they get a pig. But I digress. New York and Philly, you should be at each other's throats. But you're not. Why aren't you? I don't know. I have no idea. You should be. All right, let's show a little Stetson Bennett. The weekend was nutty. Michelle Tafoya is going to join us. Jonathan Hutton's is going to join us. The weekend was nutty. You can't arrest Stetson Bennett. I'll be honest with you. I'm of the day where the cops, if they knew you, let you go. I can't tell you how many speeding tickets I should have got, but because the comps were Indiana basketball fans, they let him go. Here's a video of, Betts, of, of Stetson Bennett. He was... Arrested in Dallas on a public intox charge, he chose not to attend a Super Bowl or Senior Bowl to train independently in Dallas. Well, I would argue that maybe, just maybe, that training went a little awry. It went a little askew. It did. Now, yesterday, people tried to put out the cops throwing Baker Mayfield uh, excuse me, against the wall as the... Stetson Bennett video. No, no, don't get fooled by that kind of stupidity. No, no, that's not what was happening there. Not even a little bit. No. Stetson Bennett didn't get thrown against the wall. Stetson Bennett got arrested, but I'm not going to lie to you. I used to, whenever I got a speeding ticket, I took it to my uncle Roy. He was a judge. I live in a world where a cop would get you home. And if you don't like that world, if you think that's a bad world, I do not care. That's my world. See, if I'm a cop, I go, hey, Stetson Bennett, man. You're Stetson Bennett. I like you. I like you. I ain't arresting you. There's no way I'm arresting you. Nah, you've given us too many good times. I get it. Like, people aren't going to understand that. I don't care. I I don't care. I mean, I'm not here. I'm here to tell you the truth of most people. And the truth of most people is not, well, everybody should be treated the same. That's not, hey, look. There's a a caste system here. (laughs) Or maybe this was racially motivated. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? I'll get to the fact that somehow five African-American cops killing an African-American is somehow white supremacy. I'll get to that. One thing I do have to get to before our friend Jonathan Hutton joins us. I told you this. I told you this a few weeks ago. Nobody wanted to listen. But I told you. NFL officiating. Did you know I got the notes right here? I got the notes from my discussion with one of the best NFL officials in the history of the NFL. I got the notes. Used to be 25 years or plus experience to get to the NFL. 20 years. Right here. And now it's 8 to 10 years. You want to know why NFL officiating stinks? I'm going to tell you right here. Over half of the staff Over half, 52%, has less than 10 years' experience. Less than five years' experience is at 37%. Now, you all know the deal here. Let's just get it out in the open. The NFL, the last thing the NFL wants to do is have whatever that diversity study is, say the NFL isn't diverse, so they got rid of older, not only white dudes, they got rid of older guys that used to be, 20 to 25 years experience before you got into the NFL. Now it's 8 to 10. 37% have less, less than five years experience, 52% less than 10. It used to be you couldn't get in the NFL. Now they are. In the interest of getting younger, and you know it, diversity, of course. How many women, I mean, you just see it all the time. I'm not saying they're the ones that blew the call, but I'm saying there is a reason. And the last thing is instant replay. I don't care what anybody tells you. I've talked to referees. I almost talked, as soon as replay came out, I talked to referees and they're like, yeah, this is the worst thing ever for us. Because it puts doubt in your mind. It does. It puts doubt in your mind that they're going to show something that you missed. It's the worst. Talk to any referee. A lot of them are my friends. A lot of them I have beers with. And they will tell you that's the worst thing ever. One of the best NFL referees in the history of the NFL gave me all these numbers and told me instant replay ruined officiating. And he ain't wrong. I totally understand it. Jonathan Hutton joins us. All right, let me go one direction. I I, I saw somebody tweeted this. The NFL needs to forget about all their little rules about who – you got to have a third emergency quarterback out, out there, don't you? You got to.
1: Yeah, they, so they've uh, – Dan, good morning. Uh, uh, don't at me uh, is, is on fire this morning. Look, they, they're going to add the third quarterback option back, the emergency quarterback, they, especially with the new COVID protocols that they've put in place where you get up woozy, you're done. And that's based on the eye in the sky – not the medical evaluation on the sideline. So they've got to bring that back. But, I mean, it feels like five years ago they did away with this rule. This was done away with in 2010. 2010 was the final season of the emergency quarterback because they negotiated the CBA in 2011 with Kevin Mouai, who was the NFLPA president at the time he played for the Titans. And one of the things that the players won was an extra roster spot on the active roster for Sundays – instead of 45 players, 46 players were going to be paid for playing in that week of the regular season. And by doing so, the NFL did away with the third emergency quarterback, where if you played your third guy, you could not play your number one or number two QB again in that game, but it did allow you an extra QB without counting as a roster spot. Now, It also benefited the owners because they weren't paying that player. They were playing him practice squad money, essentially. So 46 players instead of 45, they did away with this. So the team actually still has the extra roster spot, but they use two quarterbacks active on game day like they always have, and they provide depth to another position with the extra spot. That's the real reason why it went away. Um, they ended up paying a bit more money, even though the owners still win in a, a major way when it comes to the cash compared to the other uh, professional leagues. It's coming back, though, it needs to because of the, the COVID protocols, excuse me, the concussion protocols and the, the the overall sentiment that there will be instances like Teddy Bridgewater where he doesn't look as woozy as what they're trying to make it out to be. And if he could go back in the game, he would.
0: Did it make a difference – I mean, if Purdy stays in, given how the Eagles are playing, do you think – what do you think would have happened in the game? It's impossible to know, but what is your thought on it?
1: I still think Philly wins based on how that game was be- being played. But, I mean, it was 7 nothing. whenever Purdy uh, got hurt. They end up tying the game with Christian McCaffrey. Um, and from there, Dan, it's, it's anybody's ballgame with the way those defenses have played – at minimum, it's a much closer game, and at minimum, it's a watchable fourth quarter for the NFC Championship. That was unwatchable yesterday in the fourth quarter, where you're down 21 points. Then they make it 28, and all of a sudden, um, you know, they, you're seeing the opposing offense run the football. You have, I mean, it's, you have to be able to throw the football to win in the NFL uh, the, the San Francisco wasn't even trying to it completely handicapped Kyle Shanahan's offense uh and the funny thing is they they didn't even have a based on last night's roster that I checked they don't have a practice squad QB they had two quarterbacks on their roster um Jacob Eason was let go from their practice squad January 3rd because Jimmy G is very close to coming back and I I get the sense that he would have been the third and we would have seen Josh Johnson go back to the practice squad a week later for the Super Bowl, hypothetically here. Again, I'm just reading between the lines on what they could have done. They didn't have another quarterback to bring up and have in his emergency, even in this situation, based on yesterday's roster.
0: Um, Eagles, easiest path, given what happened with San Francisco, are are the Eagles – going to go into the Super Bowl undervalued because of playing a me- mediocre at best Giants team and then obviously a shorthanded Niners team?
1: I don't think so. I'm uh, not undervalued. I mean, they, they can beat you in so many different ways. Easiest path, I mean, they, they went through the NFL's number one defense, um, even though Bosa was scraped up, sliced up, injured throughout yesterday's game as well. Um, and, I mean, they were facing the last pick in the NFL draft. So, congrats to the Philadelphia Eagles. They were dominant throughout. They've won 16 of their 19 games. They've won in the playoffs by a combined score of 69 to 14. And, I mean, they look like the regular season version of themselves. They they have won the war on attrition with their health of their roster. And they bought in and put talent around a quarterback that they were trying to say, hey, go ahead and prove it. And Jalen Hurts has. I don't think they're coming in undervalued whatsoever. And I think the majority of the public want to see Philadelphia win, quite frankly, because I think there's Kansas City fatigue in all of this. It would have been an epic matchup, in my opinion, to see Philly and Cincinnati because you're getting two fresh young quarterbacks uh, on the big time stage with a chance to put their first Super Bowl behind them. And in both cases, a chance to cash in. They're both going to. But they, can, uh, they could have uh, essentially had two QBs going for the mantle at quarterback. And instead, it's Patrick Mahomes yet again.
0: Uh, Patrick Mahomes yet again on a bad ankle. Call uh, late <laughs> out of bounds. Joseph Osai, what did you think of the call?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was fine with the call. Um, yeah, you, you touch the quarterback in this league, you're going to get a penalty. Um, do I think he feels awful? Yeah. I mean, his, his post game presser at his locker uh, would tell you that. But in the moment, he said he was trying to push Mahomes backwards and get him out of bounds uh, because you could tell he was going towards the sideline. He was trying to push him backwards, try to keep him in bounds. Again, this is what he said, to run more clock. Sure, whatever. The guy had a foot out of bounds. And at that point, if you push him, and I mean, let's face it, with everyone going to the sideline, to the ground in that moment, that was a consistent call that has seen some penalties thrown throughout the season in the same fashion. I don't disagree with it based on how they've called it. There was a misholding call on that same play. Um, routinely, we will see inconsistencies with a fumble, You know, uh, the option for the, the, each individual umpire or referee to rule it a fumble or an incomplete pass. In this case, it was Mahomes playing on the bum ankle, and picking up a first down and Osai not not using common sense, just push your hands back. Don't extend your arms, and you're not going to get the penalty. It immediately pushed them into winning range, not just scoring range, but winning range with Butker.
0: When you when you looked at Mahomes, what'd you see?
1: A champion, a winner. Um. And the the guy who's the top quarterback in the league going up against the guy that was trying to replace him, and Joe Burrow. Um, I think nowadays, and it's been going like this, if Patrick Mahomes has the football late in the fourth quarter, I see a quarterback that's going to lead his team to a win. I see a team that has complete confidence in the guy, regardless of the situation. And it's very rare. But the team that has been the face of the AFC, the team that has represented the Super Bowl, um, much like we saw from the Patriots, has a bit of a chip on its shoulder and KC. You know, Arrowhead Stadium, it's, it's amazing to me how much those players defend their home stadium when there's trash talked about, and it's hard to talk trash, quite frankly, about the Chiefs fans and that atmosphere. And that boiled over yesterday for sure. Um, and you've got Mahomes, who feels like he hasn't been talked about as much as some of the other QBs, Allen, um, Hertz, Burrow, take that for what it's worth. I mean, he, he's still the top QB right up there in the league. And Andy Reid going against his former team in Philadelphia for a chance to not allow them another Super Bowl and a chance to get another one of his own. I, it, it's rare that a, a team like KC comes in feeling like an underdog and you can actually believe it. But Philadelphia has been the team that's supposed to win. KC's been there and done that. But Philadelphia has been the unquestioned number one seed, and the team that has all the superstar power. Meanwhile, KC traded away their top wide receiver. So there's a you got the Kelsey Bowl as well. It's it's a very intriguing storyline where the league always wins on the storyline level. Most of the time, though, the Chiefs, whenever they want to talk underdog, I give an eye roll. And in this in this case, I'm very intrigued because it's their top stars talking it.
0: All right, you know what I like. I like the fact, and, and I, I don't know if you agree or not, I'm assuming you do. I like the fact that we, I think, now have a legitimate Brady Manning rivalry in Mahomes and Burrow. I, I, I felt it after the game. Even that idiot, you know, that idiot mayor from Cincinnati yeah. kind of contributed to it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, what sparks these rivalries are the, the, the trash talk publicly. And, you know, Burrow's not afraid to be extremely vocal and honest and forthcoming on how he feels about his overall play. Travis Kelsey cutting a promo like Dwayne The Rock Johnson with Jim Nance yesterday uh, is going down as one of the top NFL promos when it comes to trash talk. I I love it. Mahomes doing the post-game interview, players coming up saying, respect this guy, respect Arrowhead Stadium. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... We have, over the last 20 years, seen four quarterbacks in the AFC Championship game, at least one of the four quarterbacks in the AFC Championship game, uh, overall, with Roethlisberger, Brady, um, Manning, and now Mahomes. It's been one of those four guys. And Burrow is also putting his name in that list because of what this team has done each of the last two seasons. But the, the more complete smart team yesterday won that game. I realize a lot of penalties went opposite of Cincinnati. I don't have a big disagreement with many of them at all, but the more disciplined team, the team that won the line of scrimmage and the team that could rush the passer won the game. And ultimately Mr. Clutch, Patrick Mahomes won the game with that big run at the end of the game to give his kicker the opportunity to make a 45 yard field goal. It's it's Mahomes, Burrow, and then for me, there's a cutoff because Josh Allen still has to prove that he can win in the primetime moment. And beyond him, there's a bunch of guys that you want to buy into, but you're still not sure. The top two guys, though, by far, Dan, Burrow and Mahomes.
0: Yeah, and, and that's fun. Like, I don't like I, – I, see, maybe I'm just odd, but I like – Rivalries, like I don't like the Empire State yeah. Building celebrating the Philadelphia Eagles. No, I don't like that. Hell no! I, right? I want to go ahead.
1: I mean, can I mean, Ursay, Who knows? Maybe Ursay does this because he loves the Titans' toughness so much. Can you imagine if uh, a building in Indianapolis went two tone blue uh, because the the Titans made it to the Super Bowl? Or uh, here, if they're you know flying Jacksonville Jaguars colors in Nashville after the Week 18 game because a team from the AFC South went to a championship, uh, won the AFC championship, AFC South championship, and moved to the postseason. No, uh, the city rivalries uh, in this case, uh, New York, who prides itself on being big, bad, and the best. There were betas yesterday, and it's my age group that's doing this crap. Uh, betas yesterday <laughs> putting the Empire State Building in Eagles colors and then boasting about it on social media. Yeah, it's stupid, and it reflects uh, society in a large way. Everybody has to feel included, including Philadelphia fans who may live in New York. Get out of here.
0: Uh, Speaking of your guys, how about I got a text from Mike Vrabel yesterday. I'm doing a bikes giveaway thing on Saturday, a fundraiser. And he and his wife, he's got, look, I got this bike. It's brand new. Hasn't even come out of the box. I want to send it. How about Vrabel sending me a text? What what a great guy. I'm all in on the the Titans.
1: Uh, Oh, hey, uh, Vrabel is the best uh, when it comes to participation in uh, things like this. And he's done polar plunges here with the media. Um, He's visible. He's out in in the public doing things um, that, that are helping the overall area, in this case, uh, shout out to uh, you there in Indy for doing what you're doing, and he's he's helping uh, back you for for yeah. your efforts there. But like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm assuming this also means that he's found his offensive coordinator, or he's waiting on one of these guys to lose in the postseason because he sounds pretty bored at the same time if he's texting you down.
0: Come on, come on! It was a Sunday afternoon. He just, you know, he's hanging out. He's getting ready. Getting ready he's to go like, to Mobile. Hey. Yeah, the senior bowl's coming up. All right. Um, When you look at this game, two weeks, everybody should maybe possibly get healthy, including Mahomes. Yep. Uh, Let me go one direction with you. High-scoring game, low-scoring game, what do you see here?
1: Uh, High-scoring for what we've seen this season. I think it's something like 31-28, 28-24, um, I, I don't think this is a, a track meet by any means. Um, Spagnola is great in the big moments as a defensive coordinator. I didn't see a Philadelphia team that played its best game yesterday. Quite frankly, they averaged yet, less than four yards per player, uh, five yards per play yesterday. That's not on par with them. They do uh, give you the overall vibe, though, that with their pass rush, with their – they have two top corners – and the way they play the middle of the field, if they are able to defend Kelsey, they're winning the game. That, that's the, the sense that you get with this. And traditionally, Super Bowls are slow starting games. You know, there's a feeling out process. You've got to get over the moment. Philly hasn't been there in the vast majority of their players. Um, KC's back. But, who? you know, again, we're going to be focused on the injury with Mahomes. Uh, The fact that he practiced last Wednesday tells me he's good to go. And he's not going anywhere in regards to the the injury process this week. He'll be practicing as much as possible. I don't think that's much of a storyline. Hurts with the shoulder injury just set the record for the most rushing touchdowns in a season by QB. So, yeah, I I think it's a high-scoring game considering that we were lower than we've been the last – two or three years overall an offensive score I think it's going to be a really good game though in Arizona
0: last thing I'm of this I when I was a player coach at, whatever at Indiana I probably got out of a hundred speeding tickets over the course of my 16 years then up in Northwest Indiana my uncle was a probate judge in Gary Indiana everybody loved my uncle Roy. So I got yep. out of more tickets. I contend that a guy like Stetson Bennett should never be arrested. I contend that the cops have an obligation to get Stetson Bennett home. Give me your thoughts.
1: Was Stetson was Stetson Bennett a douchebag to the cop? Like, If he's a douche, then he gets what he deserves yeah. in the moment. Um, so I, I don't. Yeah. I need to know what all Bennett right. did to get arrested. It's very it's very difficult to get public intoxication charges. Let's be honest here. Have you been yes. down Broadway? I know you have. You love Broadway here in Nashville. <laughs> yes. Very difficult yes. to pull that off. So, I mean, it, if you're acting like an idiot <laughs> yeah. and you repeatedly do it and then you double back on it. And again, I'm all, I'm speculating here. Uh chances are uh you get what's coming to you in that moment. Meanwhile, if you can uh keep your composure a bit, at the age of 26 and not act like you're 19, um, maybe you get away with it like you're talking about. Because yeah, I mean, look, I grew up uh, up on a farm and I grew up in a very small town. Uh, If you are polite and you are able to keep your composure and you act like an adult, even whenever you're uh, feeling great, chances are in that sense, they're going to let you walk down the sidewalk in peace. So uh, I need to know what Bennett did because he doesn't have many backers other than Mel Kuyper right now.
0: <laughs> I always said, like, in Bowling Green, Ohio, there was no police – or, excuse me, there was no cabs, there was no Uber. You yep. had to have a big bar business downtown. So I, I used to ask police, okay, how's a guy supposed to get home? I actually – if I was going to a function and I knew there'd be alcohol, you know, a fundraiser or something, yeah. I always rode my bike. My wife and I rode our bike. A cop stopped me one time and said, you know, Dan, you can get a DUI in a bike. I go, well, then just cuff me. I go, just cuff me because I got no other way to get home. If I walk, it's, you know, I, I never had more than two beers, but who knows? I mean, hey, I agree with you. The no d-bag rule should be in effect right there. That that is the caveat to it, no question.
1: Yeah, and again, I, I don't know. Um, you know, you could also be a, a, who. I, in most college towns, though, you're getting away with that. So I'm 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 with you on the yeah. overall sentiment, and that's. Whether you agree or disagree with it, I think everyone would agree. In most college towns, you can get away with walking down in a public setting, uh, walking outside drunk or whatever's going on. Um, But no, this wasn't DWI. This wasn't DUI. This was public intoxication. And chances are whatever went down didn't happen over a 15-second period of time.
0: Right. No, I agree. No, that's a good point. All right, my friend. Thanks for the time today. Great stuff.
1: Appreciate you, uh, Dan, and we will uh, talk to you later this afternoon on on 360.
0: Yeah, can't wait. 420, uh, 320 our time, 220 local. All right, I'll kick 360. You see it right there, Monday through Friday, 326. We had a transgender ice skater who looked, I swear to God, I'm not talking about physically looked, skated no better than I did. We had a hell of a weekend in college basketball, and, of course, the Pelosi video was released what a world we live in i got college hoops for you we'll be right back man i'm fired up sack the hell up and don't go anywhere don't at me we'll be right back after this uh i gotta tell you some of the funniest stuff is going on right now with uh the world that we live in and i'm putting this out right now on twitter i I, I got a kick out of a couple things, and I'm not supposed to get out of a kick of it. But one of them, let's see which way we're going first, is this transgender skater in Finland. If you or I were going to go skate, this is what we would look like. Let's roll the film here, the tape here a little bit. This is exactly what we would look like. But
1: this I is a
0: transgender...
2: I ah, vaikka syntyperäisin oinkin mies. Ja tuota, sieltä <laughs> on yhdeksän vuotta aikaa, eli Olen. siihen yhdeksän vuoteen sisältyy aika paljon. Eli kun lähdetään ihan nollasta, niin ihan jo sitä, että pysyy pystyssä kahdella jalalla, pysyy pystyssä yhdellä jalalla, ja sen jälkeen rupeaa uskaltamaan tehdä jotakin siellä jäällä. Niin ja sitten alkaa pikkuhiljaa kisaamaan ja esiintymään näytöksissä ja niin edelleen. että Sanotaan aika kivaa. Ura on ollut, mutta tuli vähän sitten väliin, että se sitten sopki, Mutta tota ja homma Näiden EM-kisojen slogan
0: on Tule sellaisena kuin
2: olen.
0: Can't say nothing, right? transgender, you're a hater, you're dangerous, you're inciting violence. If you say, what everybody would say, look, I'm 60 years old, I look like this, I'll, I'll skate better than that. What is that person thinking? Well, I'm transgender, I can do this. Hey, I don't care if you're transgender, male, female. I don't care if you're a dog, you're I don't care what you are. Don't. Just don't. There's no reason. Don't. Stop it. I had a friend of mine that used to say, "Stop it, stupid. Just stop it." There's no reason for this. There's no reason. Like I guess just when we think transgender Dudes, women, I don't know, are going to take over women's sport. We get this. So maybe there is hope, at least in the figure skating world. I don't know. But my God. I know, I know. Uh, This is beautiful. This is art. This is someone coming out of their shell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, pull this. It plays jingle bells. Uh, Senator Biaz says it's more sad than funny. Probably right. But at some point, we have to be able to laugh in this world that we live in. And I choose to laugh. Seriously, you got to. What are you doing? (laughs) Blades of glory, according to Jason Leary. Oh, man, I got to tell you, that is precious. That is just beautiful. I don't think this is funny. I don't think this is beautiful. I don't know what to make of this. Let's roll the Paul Pelosi body cam tape. You guys got to tell me what to make of this. I I don't know. This whole thing is very, very odd to me. Let's see it and get your reaction to it. Yeah, definitely don't want all of here. I definitely don't want all of here. Hello.
1: Yeah. Fucking said. 2620,
0: right? No, 2640. Oh, Yeah, it literally said that. Hey Hi. Guys. How you doing? How are you? What's going on, man? Everything's well, we good. Hi. Hi Drop man. the hammer. Um, nope. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. What is I'm going on? Alfred, right I'm now? not
2: getting any on call, oh, 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 shit.
0: Oh. I got him, Michael. I'm Just my uh. Edward 14, everton back up, Code 3. Code 3, back up at 26. Give me your fucking hand! Give me your fucking hand! <laughs> Explain it to me. I I don't get it. You know, I nobody looked like he maybe had a drink in his hand or holding on to the hammer. The dude was obviously violent. This was nothing like it was portrayed. By the media. I mean, if you think this is a gay lover's quarrel, you're out of your mind. There's nothing like that. Paul Pelosi, why he was standing there so calm, I don't know. Maybe he subdued the guy. Maybe he was drunk. I don't know. But the guy was obviously there for a reason. And that reason was to inflict a sick, sick plot to hurt, I assume, Nancy Pelosi, like he said, but also take a hammer to Paul. This is this is nothing not a shock. I mean, the idiots in the media never get it right, but this is nothing like it was portrayed. This is violent and I hate to see it. I do. I absolutely 1000% hate to see this. I know we're supposed to, I don't know. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to make fun of Paul Pelosi. I, I'm not. Man, why he's sitting there, why he's got a dress shirt on, why, I don't have the answer to all of it. Maybe he, like, hey, look, I called the cops, word is he went to the bathroom. This is where the media sucks. You can't get an honest read on this. You know, did he go to the bathroom where his phone was charging and make the call to 911? Anything the media tells me, I'm not believing. There's your body cam, there's what happened, and I don't get where we are in this. I don't get what happened now. Apparently there's another video of the guy breaking the window and getting into the house, but how is the Pelosi house? How do they not have security? How do they not have, I don't know, alarms going off, crazy stuff going off. Hell, I do. And I, my last name is nothing. But all of a sudden, uh, Dan, you for days made fun of him. Absolutely. I will make fun of him, Greg. No question. And Greg, I know I could say I got a blue background and you would be mad about it, but I'm just telling you, I don't get it. I don't get it. John Buzzard said positive that the guy knew him before, seduced him, but did have bad intentions. I don't know. It, it, uh, he, bad intentions, that's from John Buzzard uh, on the YouTube chat. I'm not – look, I agree with you. I don't disagree about the bad intentions, but this is so odd and the amazing thing is we'll probably never get to the bottom of this, will we? We never will. You got a media that protects. You got a media that just lies. You got nobody's going to know what really happened. Paul certainly isn't going to talk, but he could. He could very simply say what happened, but I don't know why he wouldn't. But isn't it interesting that basically these two events, his arrest on a DUI, which got squashed apparently, and then this, they happened back to back. It's a very, very, very odd thing. It's a very odd thing. All right, let's talk about basketball. Uh, coming up this week is one of the great games uh, in NCAA basketball this year, and it's going to be Indiana and Purdue. Now, I had a chance to go to the Indiana game. Indiana played against Ohio State. Ohio State's coach, Chris Holtman, was a great mentor to my son, Andrew. That game was on Thursday. Indiana won. Uh, I sat behind the Ohio State bench, which infuriated Indiana. People, eh, kiss my backside. They actually caught me clapping. Oh, my God, how horrible. But as we move along in college basketball, actually the game was Saturday night. Uh, As we move along in college basketball, you see the bottom left and you see the bottom right. Those two teams, Purdue and Indiana, are going to play Saturday. And it's going to be one of those games where the entire state of Indiana is going to be watching. Look, Indiana beat Purdue for the first time in 100 years last year. They did. Last year they won. Rob Finnessy lost his mind, hit a shot. Everybody's a hero. Indiana's better right now than they were last year. Indiana's got athletes, but Purdue is the best team in college basketball, according to resume. Purdue has a man masquerading as a mountain, or a mountain masquerading as a man. It's going to be the best center matchup in a long time. Trace Jackson Davis, who gets, I don't know, 20 and 20. And Edie, uh, what's-his-face, Edie, who gets 30 and 15. Zach Edie, it's going to be unbelievable. And I'm telling you, I'm doing an event during the week where we're going to raise some money for my bikes program, but we are going to watch the damn game, too. Oklahoma beat the hell out of Alabama. Look, here's the deal. You can put those scores back up if you want. Here's the deal on college basketball. Saturday afternoon, road games, home games to some, in conference are a mother. So Alabama comes into Oklahoma. Porter Mosier's no idiot. His team just gets rocking and rolling. This game wasn't even close, and you're talking about the number two team in the country. You're talking about the number two team in the country. TCU's been beating everybody. Afternoon games in conference. Hardest thing to do, TCU. You beat Kentucky at Kentucky. I wonder, over the course, let's just take the last five years, what are teams' records the day game after they beat Kentucky in the SEC? I'm telling you, what are their records? Look at the home team. Well, that's not true. No, no, that's not true. The home teams. Tennessee, Texas and Tennessee. Texas never had a chance. Tennessee might be the best team in the country. If I were going to say who's playing the best now, it would be Purdue, Tennessee, Indiana. Indiana's playing great. I mean, say whatever you want. They've won five in a row. So Indiana against Purdue Saturday. Now, Indiana's got to go to uh, Maryland and beat the Terrapins on Tuesday night. That will not be an easy deal. Not at all. But Indiana's deep. They're long. Uh, if uh, Drew Shafino, Jalen Shafino Hood, whatever the hell his name is, if he shoots it lights out, Indiana's gonna be in great shape. He made him so easy against Ohio State. It's fun to watch. And before we go to break, I always do this Indiana fans are awesome. Whenever my family and I go to Indiana games, it's unbelievable. Like, there are always a couple of D bags. There was one little D bag. You know, uh, who actually was friends of my son. But other than that, the D-bag factor is very low. There's a couple older guys, but guys taking up coming up and taking pictures, guys saying hello. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I had a chance to have a nice chat with Scott Dolson, the athletic director at Indiana. Great chat with my former teammate Brian Sloan, son of Jerry. Great chance to talk to Jimmy Boylan, who is was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. He sat with us. Just a fun, fun night. And as always, I thank you, Indiana fans, for your lifetime love affair with me and La Familia. You treat my wife great. You treated Jared great. You've always treated my son great. And I always always want you to know that I absolutely appreciate it. I do. I appreciate it more than anybody can know. Sure, I'm hard on Indiana, but I expect things out of Indiana. Sure, I'm tough on Woodson, but Woodson had to get off his backside and start coaching. He just did. Three naps a day in a sauna with a staff that was more worried about being victims than they were about coaching wasn't going to cut it. I did some ripping. Next thing you know, Indiana's playing better. I take full credit. I do. I take full credit for Indiana's resurgence. Because everybody around Mike Woodson and everybody around all of these guys are scared to death. Scared to death to say anything negative. I do. I take full credit for IU basketball's turnaround. The coaches need to be told, get off your backside. The coaches need to be called out. And frankly, calling them out works. See, you can get to Indiana or Duke or North Carolina or or any of these great programs and settle in. Woodson settled in. Things went a little tough. He took a nap. Things went a little tough. He watched CNN, became a victim. He's always a victim. Everybody's a victim. We're all victims. The whole world's (sighs) victims. But the truth of the matter is they got off their backside and started playing like they should have played and Woodson started coaching like Woodson should coach. Purdue, that's just what they do now. Everybody's talking about the beautiful mind of Matt Painter. Well, that beautiful mind lost to North Texas and lost to St. Peter's. So that beautiful mind needs to win tournament game because, as everybody now knows, because of unbalanced schedules, conference championships mean a lot to the team that wins the conference, but not to anybody else. Always said, you play for three things. Whatever they give a ring for, let's go. Conference title, conference tournament, tournament championships. They give rings. If they give rings, I'm all in. But nobody cares who wins the Big Ten except for the team that wins the Big Ten. We care about the tournament. So, Dana O'Neill wrote a puff piece on Matt Painter, who's a great coach. But I do not hear about a beautiful mind until you do something in the tournament. Hell Bob Knight went to the sweet, or excuse me, the Elite Eight starting me as a captain. Are you kidding me? Please. What's wrong with people? Hey Dan. Uh yeah. Dan, did the Colts lose? Yes. I got a video out I'd like you all to check out. It's about how Jeff Saturday does not deserve a second chance. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the local here's the local minute. Indiana media, Indianapolis media said, hey, you got to hire Greg Roman. He got fired. Everybody in the world said Kellen Moore is the next guy. He got fired. Look, here's the deal. If you're Indianapolis, if you can find somebody to take this job, please do. Just don't make it Jeff Saturday. Here's the reason. Here's the reason that Jeff Saturday shouldn't be the coach. He was one in seven, doesn't have the respect of the locker room, is a me, 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 I guy, and the fan base has literally started petitions now. Petitions are stupid. So whoever started the petition is an idiot. Let's get that out of the way. The only way you affect change in a professional organization is how. You don't buy tickets, you don't buy merch, you don't sponsor. Well, I'm going to get a petition out. Yeah, you are, huh? Okay. What's that going to do? We got 1,500 signatures. Yeah. Okay. If it were 1,500 seats still available, if it were 1,500, hey, look, we're not going to buy season tickets, then, ladies and gentlemen, we might be in business. But let's be honest. Let's be honest, a petition to not have Jeff Saturday. I got two words for you. My backside petition, my backside. Don't buy stuff. Don't buy tickets, hit them in the pocketbook. I'm just saying that's it. It's simple. There's your local minute. We'll do a local minute about once an hour. We only have two hours. A lot of you want local. A lot of you are starving for me to get back talking about local. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll have the local minute. Coming up, Michelle Tafoya, baby. She's got a lot to say and a lot of stuff. I can't wait to talk to Michelle. She's awesome. She's wonderful. Tell your friends. Let's grow this show. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Let's do a little recap here. Uh, The Bills are not playing. (laughs) Cincinnati and Kansas City. Let me explain this to you. You know, as we wait for Michelle Tefoy, you know, I know, that when Patrick Mahomes got the ball back, guess what was going to happen? Guess what was going to happen? We all knew what was going to happen. We knew that he, Patrick Mahomes, was going to lead his team down for a score. Everybody in the country knew this. Why? Because that's what Patrick Mahomes does. I don't care if Sky Moore was the wide receiver. I don't care. But let me go another route with you. Do you remember early in the season when Tyreek Hill was talking a little junk about Patrick Mahomes? Has anybody seen Tyreek Hill? Has anybody seen Patrick Mahomes? Oh, by the way, he's going to the Super Bowl. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Patrick Mahomes to the Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill, where? I have no idea. Probably on the beach. What are they all saying about Eli Apple and all that kind of stuff? Where's he going? Cabo. It's awesome. It is awesome. There's a lot to get to in this world, and the perfect person to get to all of it is the uber talented Michelle Tafoya. (laughs) Michelle, you're watching the game yesterday. I'm gonna go. Hello, Michelle. I'm gonna go (laughs) first game. I'm gonna go Eagles. Did you th- I know it made a difference. But would we have seen the 49ers in the Super Bowl had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt?
2: Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of doubt it. I mean, look, the Eagles were on a mission. Um I I just think their pass rush was too much for that for that for the 49ers and I don't know that Brock Purdy would have been able to handle it. it. You know, and and I'm not sure it's worth even debating because um, it, it, this is the cr- kind of crap that happens that determines seasons, right? That right. determines whether or not you get into a Super Bowl. And you, my son is a big Niners fan, and he was all upset that that first, that completion, right, that wasn't, uh, th- that, that led to a touchdown, the first touchdown for the Eagles, it, that was the thing that he wanted to blame for the entire game. Well, I, I, you and I have seen enough sports in our lives to know that it rarely comes down to one thing. I mean, there can be pivotal plays and uh, but but the, the great teams overcome that stuff. They just do. And I'm not saying Were the Niners you... aren't a great team, Dan. I'm not saying the Niners aren't a great team. They're they're a tremendous team, but they just they, they didn't have it yesterday.
0: Well, I, I feel like. And maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like the Eagles have been undervalued all year. I'm sure I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I live here no. in D. All we did was get blasted. I, go ahead.
2: I, I don't. Th- I think you're right. I think that you know it, they came out of the shoot so hot, but for some reason, and, and I don't even know what it is. Uh, it, it's you know people were talking about the Niners. They were talking. They were still talking about Tampa Bay, but you didn't hear outside of Philadelphia like this. Big national, the Eagles are the ones to beat. You you didn't hear that, and so yeah, I I agree with you. I think that they were sort of. <laughs> it, it's it's a little strange now to to have watched them yesterday and 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 uh, and realize that that's what people were doing. They were, I think, just underestimating. Uh,
0: look, when I when I watched them, I've said basically for the second half of the year. Look, I don't know, but I, victory favors are awards favorite teams that win. I mean, I know you could say Mahomes is the best, but I got to put Jalen Hurts. I I had him for MVP, maybe not, but you know, I know they got a great team around him, but that dude's got to be in that conversation at minimum, no. Yeah.
2: yeah. I I he he's impressive. The whole team is impressive. I I think, you know, obviously what makes Patrick stand out and and this was the, <laughs> this was the great the great thing that I heard going into yesterday. The best quarterback in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. The next best is Joe Burrow. And the third best is Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain. And now I think maybe <laughs> uh, maybe the fourth best was Joe Burrow behind that offensive line <laughs> because he just, you know, that the, they were just able to get to him time after time after time. Um, But you're but you're talking about Jalen Hurts. And uh, I think Jalen's opening up a lot of eyes. I think what makes Patrick so magical is that Patrick's so magical is is the stuff that he does and the creativity of that offense. He's just he's just what he did on basically one leg yesterday was crazy.
0: Yeah, and, you know, when he got the ball back, I've said this, and I do want to speak for the entire nation because, well, I don't know, but that's maybe what I do. But I feel like every single person thought that, I don't care if it's Sky Moore, I don't care who it is, they're going to score. It's it's unfortunate for that Osai kid, but it felt like they were going to score no matter what when he got it back. Did you feel that way?
2: I wasn't sure. I didn't feel as confident as you did, quite frankly. Uh this game was so back and forth. I thought we were headed for overtime and 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 you know that's what I thought. And I do feel for that Osai kid, uh, Joseph Osai, who had the late hit on Mahomes out of bounds. It was a it was a I, I I feel so bad saying this because I know better than most people how human these guys are, that they're all just human beings and they all make mistakes. It was a dumb play. They were clearly out of bounds. There was no need for him to even touch Patrick Mahomes at that point, let alone shove him in the back. But to understand the price he's going to be paying inside that mind of his for the next who knows how long, that's that's got to hurt like hell. So certainly that instantly put them in field goal range and boom, game over. But I didn't necessarily have that same belief that that Mahomes was going to get it done. I I was astonished on that same play that he was able to scramble as much as he was without Cincinnati without uh, Cincinnati getting to him. That kind of surprised me. So um, after that happened, then, yeah, I knew some way, shape, or form they were getting in the field goal range. But uh, I, uh, I, really, I really do. I feel bad for kickers when they miss kicks, Dan, and I feel bad for that Osai kid. And I know fans get to pay to rip on their players, but these guys are young, and uh, to see that kid sobbing on the sideline broke my heart.
0: You know, um, I, full disclosure, was dumb enough to bet against Patrick Mahomes, so maybe that (laughs) jaded my thought of, yeah, he's going to go. I'll say this about Osai. I was 22 years old, a junior, or 21, a junior at Indiana, and I turned the ball over in the Elite Eight against Virginia to go to the Final Four. And people egged my apartment. They threw my grill. And I got to tell you, it made me stronger. It made me tougher. A friend of mine missed two free throws with no time on the clock. In the state championship game, my high school teammate, state championship Final Four, he became the CEO of a company. And he's like, yeah, had I not missed those free throws, I don't think I'd have been tough enough to handle this. So I look at it like, all right, yeah, it's going to be awful for a long time. But there is opportunity to come out the other end. But, hey, right now – there, you right now you have a choice. You either turn to God, turn to booze. That's kind of what you do in yeah. those situations. I think there's probably
2: some in between there, Dan. I think there's probably okay. some in between. All right. I, I, okay. I don't think it's just that that binary. But uh, you know, I, I, but I, I do hope. I, I hope what you're saying is true. I, in this day and age, you see people um, collapse. So easily. Now, NFL players are a different breed and they're tougher and stronger than yeah. a lot of people mentally. And so I hope that that's true for Osai, that this totally, you know, turns him, makes him want to be tougher, makes him want to make up for it, all the rest. That's that's what you want adversity to do to people, right? You want them to come out stronger on the other side. You don't want them to to crumble underneath it. And quite frankly, I pity anyone who has not had adversity in their lives because that's a really boring life and then you don't get to find out what you're made of. So I hope Joseph Osai goes and finds out what he's made of.
0: Michelle, I'll also full disclosure, and this is, I swear to God, this is true. There's not two days in a row that go by that I don't think about screwing that game up. I swear to God. Really? Not two days. Like, really? oh God, I'm, it's 40 years ago. It, it's 40 years ago and probably not two days in a row. That There's four games in my life that I think about and uh, two coaching, two playing. And I swear to you. Uh, and so, you know, you, you, I don't know, you deal with it and and you move on. Did you, you, you're a nice person. Okay. I, I'm not. Okay. I'm not full disclosure. I mean, I'm nice, but the statue of Liberty, putting up the Eagles colors. I like rivalries. I like angst in my sport. I like,
2: give me your thoughts. I didn't even see this. Uh, the statue of oh. liberty put, put put up eagles colors i'm
0: sorry the empire no, fill state me in building. i lo- i but love not... getting
2: breaking news in my head go ahead what what happened
0: <laughs> the empire we'll show it to you here in a minute on the screen the empire state building put up the eagles colors there oh, it the, is can you okay. see that
2: okay i can see that you originally said the statue of liberty i was thinking that's a I little did. that's a stretch uh okay yeah. there you go yeah. So they're Philly fans in New York because neither of their teams made it. Are you sure those weren't Jets colors? And you and they're th- and they're trying to say, we got next. Are, are you sure that there's no homage? No. to the Jets there. No. Okay. No, because right.
0: they said in the social they said in the social media post, congratulations to Philadelphia. I, it. I, I like I like Bobby Knight against Gene Katie. I like ourselves yeah. against the world. <laughs> I like John Thompson against Hoya Paranoia. You know?
2: Yeah, that that is we weird.
0: Doing? So so then but
2: then on they didn't do like the Kansas City Chiefs colors on the other side of the building or something. So in other words, it sounds like the Empire State has decided they're going to adopt the Philadelphia Eagles through this process. Is that is that a fair assumption?
0: Unless some, unless I have not seen the other <laughs> side red, of the building,
2: maybe uh. <laughs> they. T- <laughs> this is not an equal opportunity I, Empire State Building. This is we're jumping on the Eagles' uh, bandwagon. I, that sounds a little more uh, up the New York alley, if you ask me. And I love New York, no. but the, it sounds like it sounds like they're adopting their little brothers. Ah, uh, to the west or south, or however that that works out. Um, the Southwest, I don't I can't see my map right now, but um it, it sounds like that. So they're gonna adopt the Eagles, which hey, that's cool. That's cool. Um, it's that side of the country. They, they can do whatever they want. It's just the Empire State Building, I my feeling is they really like playing with their colored lights out there
0: <laughs> All right. Um, this, I call the Mike Tirico test. All right.
2: Uh Oh, okay. When,
0: uh, when, when, when Mike and I would do uh, Tuesday night, big 10 games, we did it for five years on ESPN. And we ha- had a test with Mike and it would be, all right, we're sitting at the scores table and I'd say, all right, Mike, what's the, what do you think the spread is? He swore. He never looked. I don't know. And Without looking, he was usually pretty close in the over/under. So, Michelle Tafoya, this is the Mike Tarico test. What do you see the spread of the Super Bowl being? I'm going to assume you haven't looked yet.
2: I haven't looked. I'm not a gambler. Do I look like a gambler to you?
0: No, but I, <laughs> but you're a sports person that would have like you've watched the games, you study, you know the people. So, your yeah. insight is valuable here.
2: Yeah, I'm just so bad at this part of the thing, uh, but uh, I'm gonna give you my best shot here. Okay, I'm giving. It, I'm gonna yeah. give you my best effort. I'm gonna say Kansas City's gonna be favored by five.
0: It's interesting. Kansas City, at least according to DraftKings, is an underdog. Philadelphia Ooh. is giving two.
2: How about okay? That? Interesting. That is really interesting. Okay, I'm not. I'm nowhere yeah. close. Um, that's not surprising no, to me. No, you were
0: actually, actually, the degenerates on our YouTube chat here are saying, "Hey, Dan, it opened with the Eagles plus one and a half, and then a lot of money must have come in." I, I, that's the part of gambling I don't understand, and I don't, I don't want to understand. What do you I, see? I know. You see the Chiefs? You think the Chiefs are better?
2: I think that you've got a magician. Under center, and I think that you've got a lot of really good skill position players, and and not even all of them were involved last night. But I will say this: that Philadelphia run game is pretty damn impressive. So yeah, the the Chiefs now have a terrific pass rush, right? You got Chris Jones, you've got these other guys that can get to the quarterback or at least help Chris Jones get there. Uh, but Philadelphia's run game is r- a lot more impressive than I then I was ready to see. Um, it, it, at least that's what they showed me, and, and certainly they've had a lot of rushing touchdowns this season. I think they tied a record for the season with some team that no one's ever heard of, like the Yellow Jackets or something they said yesterday. So I, I that was impressive. That was really impressive. I like that. You know what? Now that I'm thinking it through, <laughs> I really like that Eagles offensive line. And they were able to give Jalen yeah. time, plus they were able to open up all those seams for these for these running backs. If Philly may be the more complete team when you think about it. There's just a magic about Kansas City. There's just a magic about Patrick Mahomes. I- I'm excited for this game because you've got two really talented, super fun, unbelievably gifted quarterbacks to watch. Um, I like the head coaching contrast. I I like it all. I'm, I'm excited for this. I had picked Cincinnati. I thought they were going to win, but they just had no way to protect Joe Burrow yesterday enough to, to, to give him the opportunity. So here we go. Kansas city, Philly. I love this game. I think it's full of interesting characters. It's the, it's the Kelsey bowl. It's the Andy Reid bowl. It's the super bowl. We got, we got a game.
0: Um, there is a there, there is a picture of Zach Taylor saying it's rigged on the sideline, talking about officiating Zach Taylor, obviously the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, that ain't a good look. I mean, it's a great look. It's a great look for me. What were your thoughts of two things, the officiating, and then I know you put out, on Twitter, who had the better national anthem? What was the result of that <laughs> of your informal poll?
2: My informal poll: most people thought the AFC, the retired um, military guy, was the better of the two. I, he was awesome. Gosh, that moved me. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I did not see the photo of him saying it's rigged. And now, are we talking a a video where someone's reading his lips saying it's rigged?
0: Yeah, and you can kinda of see it now, who knows, right? I mean maybe yeah, that's a name knows? of a play call. Right. <laughs> but what could it could be people <laughs> maybe maybe you yell out just so the officials Hey, hey, hey Burrow, it's rigged and then you call two four six Omaha and then you make a play, right? Uh, who knows?
2: Easy. I mean I, I I didn't I didn't love all the officiating. Um, I, I tend to prefer the games where they let them play unless it's absolutely blatant. Yeah. but but rules are rules, and every officiating you know what the idea that it's rigged I, I don't see how in the hell that could benefit anybody and And now, look, we're living in a time where where we're not getting honesty from a lot of people, where we're questioning all our institutions. So maybe everyone wants to question NFL officiating as well. <laughs> But if it ever, ever leaked anywhere that there was some, something rigged about the officiating, this league is done. So I, I right, you know, I I just can't see it. I can't, I can't see it. I, uh, I mean, I didn't see any particular call yesterday that I thought, oh my gosh, it's a terrible call. You know, you can point to that, that com that completion that was really an incompletion in the early game. Uh, but you know what they did? They got around it. They got to the line. They got the next playoff. Them's the rules, right? So no one called to review it and none, none of that. And that, and that was probably an oversight. They, they should have called to have that play reviewed when they saw the receiver get up and go, let's get together. Let's get together. Um, but I mean, to me, that's an automatic, wait a minute, maybe we should throw the red flag and they didn't, but so whatever, you can question that all you want. The Niners didn't call that, didn't throw the flag. Um, The idea. So that's the only moment to me that was, unless you can point out another one, that was a real miss. It it, it seems to me one of the great things that the NFL broadcasts have done is they've put a former official in the booth with these guys, with the play-by-play announcer and the analyst. And I didn't hear any particular call that was, oh, this this is brutal or this, you know, that shouldn't be or this should be or I, I didn't. It seemed to me that all the calls that were made on the field were pretty much confirmed by these now uh, unbiased guys in the booth that have been there and, and know the rules inside and out. So, did you? Am I missing something?
0: No, no. And Gene's territory, I'm not going to say he's a friend, but, but I, we used to hang out at, I drive him to the airport or he'd drive me after I was doing games. So, uh, Gene is a pretty straight shooter. My wife, who is a Hall of Fame. Uh, a former All-American Olympian softball player and the winningest coach at Syracuse and Bowling Green in softball swears that every sport other than hers is rigged. And she's like, this is rigged. I go, well, I I coached basketball for 30 years. I didn't feel any games were rigged. It turned out one was. A kid was throwing a game for Toledo. And her answer is always, see, see, (laughs) these are rigged. So.
2: I don't know. Well, it's one thing I, when a kid is throwing a game, right? It's one thing when a yeah. kid is throwing a game so he can get a paycheck. It's another thing altogether when the officials are doing it. And and so, I just find it really difficult to see that. I I, I know it's what people want to want to think and want to believe, but um, <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't see it. I'm sorry. I there are times, believe me, where I go, God, another flag? Are you kidding me? I do think yes. there are times when a game is over officiated, when I think there are too many flags. But at the same time, once they show the replay and someone explains it, I go, "Oh, okay, I guess I see that." Uh so, you know, look, it's it, uh, there are rules, and the NFL rule book is about the same size as the US tax code. So, I think that, you know, it's it, these officials have a tough job.
0: <laughs> hey, watch closely. Here's the, here's the, it's rigged.
2: Okay. Do that again. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't particularly see it, but uh, you know who we need? We need those guys that do the the bad lip syncing. We need them to do that whole scene. That's what we need them to do. Because ultimately he was probably talking about, he was talking about Harry Styles, I think. And, you know, that's probably what it was.
0: I personally think uh, we need George Costanza's girlfriend, who was, I think she was a lip reader. I think she might have been deaf in one of the episodes. Yeah. All right. I got to bring you into this because I'm having a hard time figuring this out and you're smart and I'm dumb. Okay.
2: Well, clearly you've made another mistake there. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is a sociological question. In Memphis, five African-American cops kill an African-American kid, and somehow this is about racism and white supremacy. Look, maybe it is, and I just don't understand, but can you explain that to me?
2: No, I cannot. No, I cannot. To me, this is about five bad cops, uh, and uh, I mean... Not one of them, not one of them stepping up to prevent something this awful. Um, And you would think within five, there would be some safety in numbers. Maybe that's what they felt, that there was safety in numbers, that they could go off on this kid. I don't know. Uh, But if anyone, my husband and I were talking about this. We just knew, we just knew someone was going to find a way to make this about race and white supremacy. Um, folks, if everything is about race and white supremacy, if everything is about race, then nothing's about race. Why do we keep doing this? I, you know, and I, I know someone will come up with a theory about how this is racist, even though you have a black police chief and a, a black victim and five black police officers. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I don't. I don't understand why we're approaching it this way. I mean, I do. I get it. There's this, there's this, this feeling right now that everything is about skin color. And I, I, it's, it saddens me. We're just basing all our division in this nation on these things, these immutable characteristics of people and i i i it makes me sad it makes me really frustrated and it makes me understand how people are so disillusioned right now that they they see one thing they're told another and uh i i i just i don't get it i just don't get it
0: you know what i think and tell me if you agree with this maybe you don't i think that bringing certain people most people that bring race into things like this that are so obviously just bad people doing a horrific thing, uh, are looking for something. There is money to be made as a divider. There's money to be made uh, being the guy out in front of a uh, racially motivated. uh, There's there's something to be gained. You know, divide and conquer is a saying, but it's a Mm -hmm. truth right we try to divide you know we've seen cnn ratings go to hell once trump isn't there we've seen the more they get into this stuff people are like get out of here but it you know they need i think certain people need an element of race to sustain their relevance i guess is what i would say do you agree with that or disagree
2: well i think there are some people who do i think al sharpton's one of them i mean he's made it his whole career i, I... <laughs> And I think it's interesting because I've met some really cool people on my podcast and just diving into just finding other people with different points of view from this that think this is a grift, that think this is a way to mold people's minds so that we are divided, um, and and they're pulling away from it. They are seeing clearly. They are, they are taking themselves out of that po- population now of people who think that, that that everything is about social injustice and and racism and sexism and all of it. I, I c- contend to you, and I, I'd love to do it someday. Just sit down and find, and sit maybe watch an hour of TV or stream for a while, and find to you for you all the ways I can be offended, all the ways that any oh. human can be offended, and just sit there and tweet. Oh, I'm watching this show and let me tell you why this and and, and this and I see this and now this microaggression here and uh, because you can you can but what uh, what about living your life? What about taking some agency? It's as though we're saying that people make no decisions for themselves, that the that the, the die is already cast when you're born, that your lot in life is set and you can make no decisions. To change that, that you have no agency, no power, no control over your own path. I don't buy it, man. I just don't buy it. And I think it's I think it's poisonous to preach that stuff, that it is poisonous to preach that. Sorry, you're either the oppressed or the oppressor. There's no in between. This is the two groups of people that live in uh, in our society. And you know what? Whites are generally the oppressors. I I, it it makes me sick. It I, I don't understand what purpose it serves. I don't get it. And you know, if, if selling your opinion about that, if, if selling your rage makes you money, then I guess it is a grift. I, 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 that's not to say there isn't racism. You and I, Dan, we both know there is, there is sexism. There are all kinds of isms. They're out there. I know it. We all know it. But if I had listened (laughs) <laughs> to the first guy who told me what? to stay home in the kitchen bare feet. If I had just said, Oh my gosh. And let that define me and, and not taken my own agency and tried to get better. Uh, I can tell you all the things I was called all the name, all the crap. So you do have control over what you listen to and how you respond to it. And I just, I think to, to take that away from human beings to, to call them powerless in that regard is is the most demeaning, insulting thing of all.
0: See, you said what I think, you just said it really well right there. I got to tell you, because I, 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 all right, this may get you mad at me and I don't want it to. I think your view on abortion is you are pro-life with most circumstances, right? I I, I think that's like,
2: I would call myself pro-choice. I would call I would call myself choice. pro-choice with with exceptions. I don't want to see babies aborted okay. at nine months. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I contend this when people tell me and look I, I just this is common sense to me when people tell me well people have control over their bodies or don't or do there's like 14 different kinds of birth control. Now, am I am I a rotten person for having that thought? I'm not saying I'm pro-choice, pro-life. I think incest, all that kind of stuff, rape, I, I get all of that. But I also think you do have a choice before you do what you do, which makes a baby. Yeah. Am I nuts yeah, on and that? Am I wrong? No, you're
2: not. You're not. There are a million ways to prevent pregnancy. There are. But I, I also know that things happen. Stuff happens. Accidents happen, people make mistakes, they are human, and yes, there is the rape and incest thing. Um I, I, I get that, and that's why I'm not so, that's why I'm pro-choice, because I know things happen, and um that there are women in the world who in no way, shape, or form are ready to have a baby. And I... I so do I see abortion as a a way to prevent pregnancy or a means of birth control? No, I don't I, I I would like to think that everyone understands how to prevent you know how to how to use birth control and and be responsible. I do not like to see this as the, the, the means for doing that, but I don't think you should keep a woman from making that choice for herself between her and her, as a, her, her doctor uh,
0: Yeah, I'm sorry to drag you into that. It's just something that I always like to get. I like to get opinion of smart people. And I I follow you because you're smart. You're not dramatic. You know, I mean, I (laughs) I I, I don't I'm not your husband, so I don't know whether, you know, I'm just saying externally. You don't seem to be dramatic. You're common sense. And and I like that last thing uh, before I before I let you go. You did this for years. You were on the sideline. Biggest game, biggest moments. You made the choice to go do what you are doing, which is broaden. It's the same choice I made at ESPN. I feel like it's a broadening and it's an activity participating in the real world. However, mm-hmm. you're watching these games. You miss it?
2: There are aspects, but I don't pine for it. I, I, I think I look back and I go, God, I, I remember that. That was so cool. How lucky I have been to have done it for so long at the highest level. I mean, I, I, you know, but standing out in that cold in Kansas city at, ah, no, nope, don't miss it. Um, <laughs> you know, there are, there are moments, but no, I think I would look, I planned for this for so long and I was preparing myself in every way, shape and form for, for so long that um, no, I was ready and I'm enjoying my life. And now, you know, I, I, I'm on the sidelines of my kids games and, and I get to cheer you know, I didn't ever get to cheer. You don't get to to pull for a team or anything like that for all those years. And now I get to, I get to pull for my kids. Um, so I I was ready. I I, you know, I I, I know what it takes to put a game on the air. And my poor family sits there while I say, Where the hell's the replay? Why is this replay taking so long? how did you cut away from that shot? Why, you know. Things like that. Um, sorry, family. That's kind of how I'm wired. But uh, miss it? I miss my. I miss Alan, Chris, and Fred, and Drew, and everyone else on the crew. I, I miss that. But no, I'm. I'm really. I'm so freed now to just ah, you know, breathe and and be part of this conversation that I think is so freaking important, Dan. And I. I, I got to tell you, I. It's worth it to me.
0: Me too me too I, I to your point I had a party Mike uh, Tariko and our two, produ- our producer and our director Bart Fox and Scott Johnson came to my house we had a barbecue We were doing an Indiana Purdue game the next day and we're in my you know we're watching a game a football game I think it was a national championship game at my house and honest to God I wanted to punch all three of them it was like TV with nerds. I can't believe that camera angle. I can't believe they cut to that. Yeah. Can you? But there was a three count. There, I'm like, shut up, all of you. Like you make me crazy here.
2: I know. I I I maybe need to go watch in another room or not be so involved somehow or you know just maybe journal it. I'll just write it down. Camera shot bad. You know, and not right. let it out of my mouth. But um, I I can't. You know. It it it's just who you are when you're in television for so long, and and uh, you just you know what goes into it. But for the most part, I thought really well produced games yesterday, entertaining games, especially that second game uh, with San Francisco. You kind of knew it was over once Brock Purdy was hurt, and there was not going to be a fourth miracle quarterback for them. It was rough. It was it was too no. bad. I, I I wish that game had played out with Brock Purdy, whether or not they would have won. I don't think so, but I would have preferred to see him play the whole game. So, uh, good day of football, and I can't wait for this Super Bowl.
0: That's a pro, ladies and gentlemen. See, a pro does this. She went back to where we started. See what happened there? We started. That's what a pro does right there. Got through all of the other stuff, but we're right back where we started.
2: You're giving me way too much credit, man. Way too much.
0: (laughs) Sideline Sanity Podcast. People can find it, I assume, wherever they get their podcasts. What's going on Wherever they
2: can. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much. Great to see Fun you. Fun stuff. I kept you too long. Kept uh, you way too long. It's been my pleasure. Sorry about that.
2: My pleasure. I get
0: fast. I love talking to smart people. Actually, if you want to know the truth, I like talking to smart women. I do. That's why I love my wife. We sit there and we just have these long talks about sport. I do. I, I uh, I am America's biggest woman's advocate. Yes, I am. All right, we're going to come back. Stock up, stock down, including, well, Southern. No, I'm sorry. Illinois State basketball. That's right. Indiana basketball stock down. You know we're including our president. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. All right, we got stock up, and we have got stock down. Stock up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start with that. You know, when Nick Sirianni left the Colts, and he went and became the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, his initial press conference was really goofy. He was making goofy faces. A lot of people questioned His sanity much less anything else. I mean, they question whether the dude was insane or fit or high or drunk or whatever. Well, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? Nick Sirianni, the offensive and tough brainchild all those years when the Colts weren't horrible, they weren't great, but they weren't horrible, got his head coaching job, and now he's taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and I want you to think about that. Here's what he did. He owned, ladies and gentlemen, he owned his initial press conference. He owned being a guy that people made fun of. He owned being bad at the press conference. So guess what? Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Not only did he own it, he showed it to the players. He showed how, look, I had to get better. I was a clown. And his players, as players do, buy into those things. When a coach doesn't act all high and mighty, when a coach acts like one of them and can show it, Not by being phony, not by being anything other than yourself. And Sirianni did a wonderful, wonderful job, not only with his team, but ingraining himself with the players. And by showing him in a light that makes fun of himself, man, oh man, that's a winning proposition, I got to tell you. I don't know which way I'm betting on the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, but I would have a hard time betting against Nick Sirianni. I'm sorry, I do. I have a very, 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 very hard time. See you, Brad Buffington. Thanks for being here. Brad's one of our great YouTube followers from Wisconsin. All right, next, Illinois State. Yes, the Redbirds, ladies and gentlemen, took on the top team in the Missouri Valley. That's right. The Southern Illinois Salukis came in right down the road is where Southern Illinois was from. Illinois State. With the great Doug Collins, who the court is named after, in attendance, Illinois State, ladies and gentlemen, battling. When they played the Salukis the first time, they were up. Illinois State was three at halftime. They ended up losing. They played this time. They're up three at halftime. They didn't end up losing this time. Got up by as much as ten in the second half. And, man, here came the Salukis. Whap, whap, whap. defendable Tie game. And then Seneca Knight happened. Seneca Knight is one of the great players in the Missouri Valley. Boy, did he happen. He hit a three from about here to Carbondale, and Illinois State got to win. Dan, why are you talking about Illinois State? Well, as the great Sean Black, El Presidente, said on our Twitter, or on our YouTube chat, the fighting Andrew Dockiches, the fighting Andrew Dockiches got to win. They're getting better. We all know that Arch Madness, when it comes around in St. Louis, it's going to be chaos. And we just hope, for my sake, as much as any, that the Illinois State Redbirds continue continue to play well. I think I'm going to go to the game Wednesday, which means I won't get home till about 1 o'clock in the morning. So I'll be tired on Thursday. But hey, look, who cares? Who gives a rats, right? Nobody cares. I'm ready to go. Uh, Senator BS has got another HR meeting. All right, next, Mike Vrabel. We spoke on Mike Vrabel earlier. I meant to send, Mike Vrabel sent me a text. I knew that Mike Vrabel listened to my show. He had told uh, friends of mine. I knew that Mike Vrabel followed me on Twitter. I followed him on Twitter. I'm a big fan of Mike Vrabel. This is going way back. This is going way back to the days of him being at Ohio State, New England, Chiefs, all that stuff. Big fan of Rabel. Thought the Colts should have hired Mike Rabel, not Frank Reich. Mike Rabel knows that this Saturday we <clears throat> are having a fundraiser. It's a concert. We got to sell 200 tickets. We're getting close. The problem you have with a concert this Saturday is it is basically right after the Indiana Purdue game, which is going to be the biggest game. In Assembly Hall, probably since Indiana played Kentucky years ago with Tom Crane. All right, here's the deal. Vrabel sends me a text. The fundraiser is for a bikes program my wife and I do. He says, hey, Dan, tough one for Ohio State, but I've got this mongoose bike that I want to send. It's in its box. It's brand new. Could you use it at your fundraiser? The answer is yes. My wife and I will put it together. We will have it at the fundraiser, and we will auction it off as a gift from Mike Vrabel. If we get as little as $200 for the bike, that pays for another bike for a kid. So Mike Vrabel, we salute you, Mike Vrabel. We wish you were in Indianapolis. We wish you would come now to Indianapolis. But look, I get it. Boom. There it is right there. Experience the joy of live music with a mission of helping others. If you want to join, go to Concerts for a Cause or just simply send me, uh, hey Dan, I want to donate. Just go to my Twitter at Dan Dockich and I will get you all hooked up. We are trying to raise so much money, Van Pastor Man, that we've got to give away too many bikes which there is obviously no such thing as too many Vikes, But salute to you, Mike Vrabel. Tony Dungy has helped us before. Mike Vrabel, it's awesome, we thank you. And it was out of the blue, I was working out. Uh, what's-her-face was kicking my backside on the Peloton. One of those girls was just killing me. I can't remember her name, but she's hot and she crushes me and I like it, I do. I think I got a little crush on one of them. Eh. Anyway, all right, down, you freaking idiots that are Philadelphia Eagles fan. All right, let's see the first video here of these idiots. This is from our own Joe Kinsey on OutKick. Let's give it a look. It is. This is. Cr- what are we doing, Eagles fans? Look, the fat white guy from Philadelphia is arguably among the worst, if not the worst, sports fans. But it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen. Here's something from Barstool, our friends at Barstool. Boom! Right through the bus stop. Show that again, will you? I want people to get the full Monty of right through the old bus stop. See ya. Good for you. Good for you. But it gets worse. Here we go. Yeah, just cough them. Eagle fans are getting arrested. Eagle fans were throwing eggs at people. Eagle fans, my backside. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm glad that Eagle fans are so passionate. In fact, um... I went to an Eagles, I went to the Eagles stadium, whatever the hell it's called for the army Navy game. And everybody worked. There was like the most polite human beings alive, but these folks are idiots. If they fall through a bus stop roof, they got what they deserve. If they get arrested, they got what they deserve. Uh, next stop down Jim Harbaugh. What are you doing? Like Jim Harbaugh. There's a report that Jim Harbaugh met with the Denver Broncos, even after all this crap, about Jim Harbaugh, I don't know, becoming a dude that I guess Jim Harbaugh is supposed to, I guess, uh, stay with Michigan. So even after all of these pronouncements, all of the different things, Jim Harbaugh is still last week meeting with the Denver Broncos. If I'm Jim Harbaugh and I get an offer, just go. Here's the deal. You don't have to deal with Ohio State anymore. You don't have to deal with NIL anymore. You don't have to deal – with an NCAA investigation, go Pete Carroll route, and just go to the NFL. You proved you could be a good coach in the NFL. Heck, you went to a Super Bowl. You proved that you could win with an okay quarterback. You made Colin Kaepernick not only a Super Bowl quarterback, but an icon. If you didn't do your work with Colin Kaepernick, then I got to tell you, nobody would have cared that he kneeled, but you did. You made him a star. Next thing you know, he's kneeling. Next thing you know, he's made millions of dollars. Next thing you know, he's the next messiah. If I'm Jim Harbaugh and I got all this interest. Just go. G-O spells go, as my mother used to say. Uh, Carly Ursay Gordon is one of the owners of the Indianapolis Colts. She is going to be, she is going to be the next owner when Papa uh, Ursay steps down. So Carly has been seen on the sideline wearing a headset with a clipboard. Hey man, it's her prerogative. It's absolutely her prerogative, but I would ask, very clearly I would ask, um, I don't know, what does a meddling owner or what has a meddling owner to that degree ever won? Now, Carly is sitting in on the head coaches meetings. What's happening is Jim Ursay, for whatever the reason, is trusting Chris Ballard to make the head coaching call. Everybody seems to think that Jim Ursay just wants to get it done and go with Jeff Saturday. I don't know if that's true. They're interviewing 14 different coaches, bringing seven back for a seven interview, and Carly is involved in all of it. God bless you, Carly, but let me ask you a question. Name me the owner. Other than L. Davis 3,000 years ago, Name me the owner that meddling to this degree in modern football where this has worked. I'll hang up and I will listen. Last thing, Joe Biden, just, just play this video if you don't mind, just because Joe Biden. Just because I've had enough of Joe Biden, go ahead and play the video. Joe Biden, every day, stock down. We're showing the strength and we'll
1: never falter. But look, the idea, idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with american pilots and american crews just understand and uh, don't kid yourself no matter what you all say that's called world war three today i'm announcing that the united states will be sending 31 abram tanks to ukraine the equivalent of one ukrainian battalion secretary austin has recommended this step Because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives.
0: I remember... I remember when, because of Donald Trump's personality, we were going to get into World War III. I don't know if you remember, but when Donald Trump, because of his personality, we didn't get into World War III. People didn't think he was a fraud. People didn't think that he was anything other than a guy that would defend the United States of America. This idiot continues to contradict himself. This idiot has shown that he really doesn't know what he's talking about when he initially says something. I mean, it's clear, if you now have to send tanks, you did not know what you were talking about back then, or you want to start World War III, you want to be involved in World War III. Look, I got to tell you, this is the worst president of our lifetime, and it ain't stopping. Now, people are so stupid that they may not understand that this is the worst president of our lifetime, but that's why we have shows like this. We have shows like this to help you understand presidents, to help you understand what's really going on into the world. That's as clear as it could possibly be. If we sent U.S. troops, military, planes, tanks, uh, you name it, as Biden just said, we are starting creepily World War III. Well, guess what he just did? Did he start World War III? I don't know. If he did, we're all in trouble because you're talking about sending tanks to Ukraine against a country that has nuclear capability. Not the greatest move, at least in my opinion. But I sit here and I talk to you. All I know is this, when Joe Biden moves his lips, there is something stupid coming out or there is a lie coming out. That is a fact, Jack. All right, great job so far today. You got one more job, Dylan and Ryan. Get us a woke Dope up here. They did. All right. All right, Sandy. Vaccines brought us freedom and saved our economy. Big thanks to everyone who did their part. Well, good for you. I don't know if vaccines brought us freedom. I hope they did. I hope everybody that says this is right. I do. It seems to me that vaccines and uh, certainly... I got vaccinated because I had to work and I'm not going to do anything to back off of that. Would I have gotten vaccinated? Probably. My wife has not. We're not crazy anti-vaxxer. We're not crazy. Hey, look, everybody that doesn't get vaccinated is a good person. Everybody that did is a sheep. I'm not that guy. I am not that guy. But I am the guy that says, hey, look, everybody should have had to be able to make their own choice. And if that saved an economy, then that saved an economy. So there you go. Uh, Some guy, Big Boiler Andy, says Dan Dockich is one of the worst humans alive. No, I just don't care about pro athletes' mental health. I know I'm supposed to. I know I'm supposed to. Logan Klein said, Dan, this is a bad take. Money don't make you happy. I don't care whether they're happy or not. Do better, Dan. Horrible take. I'm sorry, I don't. Am I supposed to? I don't care. I, I don't. Dan, so we're not supposed to care about fellow humans. Interesting. Yeah, well, uh, no, uh, yeah, money doesn't solve everything. I have enough to care about. I care about my family. I care about my kids. I care about my neighbors. I care about everybody that works on this show. You know, mental health to athletes, get your own deal going, figure it out. There's all kinds of things available to athletes for mental health. So you can call me anything that you would like to call me. But I don't sit here for one second, not one instant, thinking about the mental health of professional athletes. I do about my daughter. I do about my son. I do about my uh, stepkids. I do about my wife, my mother, my brother, my sister, my my, my, uh, in, my in, what is it, brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, their kids, my nieces and nephews, I certainly do. I worry about them all the time, and I pray for them. But the list of me caring where some athlete who pushed a guy out of bounds mental health is, is very, very low. Actually, it's not even low. It's not there at all. Don't care. See, I believe when you do something stupid, if you have any background at all, it makes you tough. I do. Turning the ball over against Virginia... Costing, according to a lot of people, it really didn't, but costing people to go to the final four, having people still heckle me about it has made me stronger. My friend Mike Paulson missed two free throws, no time on the clock. 18,000 people, statewide audience, biggest game in the state, maybe in the state's history, missed two free throws, down one, no time on the clock. He became a CEO. I worry about those people that don't have adversity in their life. I worry about those people that have everything given to them. I worry about those people who every mistake is explained away by mommy or daddy or their buddy. See, that's what I think. I've lived enough to know that the young guy calling me a bad human being, this guy's like a 2023 graduate, doesn't understand the world. If you haven't gone through tough stuff, how do you grow? The doctor didn't smack you on the ass and say, hey, look everything's going to be easy. No, suicide rates are up for a lot of reasons. Social media is certainly one of the reasons. But one of the reasons that suicide rates are up is because people don't have to go through hard times. They don't know how to handle it. Mommy and daddy have protected them. I'm very proud to say that my children were not protected. When they did wrong, they went and put their nose in the corner. Occasionally, I got out of paddle. They seemed to be just fine. They both had struggles with different things. Not mental health struggles. They both had struggles, you know, a job here, not knowing what they want to do. It's really hard for an athlete, after they get done playing, to understand and do and figure out what they want to do. My son dealt with that, but you know what? He came out the ass end stronger because he has a background of understanding. Understanding, ladies and gentlemen, that the world is not here for easy. Uh, Leah says, ah, yes, because I too do not care about the mental health of young men who lost their childhood, the pro sports pop line and suddenly get skyrocketed wealth and fame only for their careers to, so, yeah, I don't, yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. I do not. And I will take all of the stuff that people want to give me. Right, so now we are supposed to care. I do not. Uh, Dan, keep yelling. That cloud will respond to you. Yes. Ethan Carter says, he's a hockey writer, he says, you're just tweeting BS for fun. No, I don't care. What a shitty ass take from such a shitty human being. Okay, well, call me whatever you want. Is what it is. I don't care. Uh, I do care about Dylan. I do care about Ryan. I do care about Davey. I do care about Aaron. I do care about Chuck and Corey and Haley and all of the people that made the screen just turn green. So now we're supposed to care. Those are the people I care about, including my whole family. I hope you'll join me in caring about your family more. That'll take care of any of the problems that we have across the country, the nuclear family. All right. See you tomorrow. Thanks for everything. We'll see you.